The following resource is brought to you by Real Life Community Church in Richmond, Kentucky. We hope you're both challenged and encouraged by this message from Pastor Chris May. To the book of Joshua, chapter 5. And stand with me as is custom in this church for the reading of the Word of God. Just to give you, as you're turning there, quickly a, a little bit of context the uh, the nation here's what's going on the nation of Israel has finally crossed the Jordan and they're now entering the land of Canaan this promised land but now that they're in the land they have to conquer it and Joshua who is Moses' successor has been commissioned by God to lead the children of Israel in this endeavor and so he accepts the call desiring to walk in obedience to the Lord. And this is now where we pick up Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13. The Bible says, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. But I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to this servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This is the word of the Lord, and I pray we would receive it as such. You may be Seated. Well, if you have been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, you know that the Christian life is not a playground. It is a battleground. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about the battle. Is anyone facing a battle? Maybe even today. I want to encourage you to know that you don't have to face the battle alone, whatever battle that may be. If you are in Christ, God is with you and he will strengthen you. It's by his might that you will succeed and make it through. So I want to talk to you today about God's presence in the midst of the battle. You don't have to face it alone. So here's what's happening. Joshua Barely gets his feet wet as Israel's leader. And almost immediately what happens? He finds himself preparing for the battle against the fortified city of Jericho. Finally they've made it into the promised land. And already they're hit with this massive, uh, these massive walls. This fortified city called Jericho. And can't we relate to this? Because there are times in which we step out in faith to follow the Lord's calling. We want to get our life right. We want to walk in obedience to God. We're trying to do that which God has called us to do. And immediately when we make that decision, almost without fail, we find ourselves facing some trial, some tribulation, some battle. Are you with me? Maybe there are those still who think that when you trust the Lord, that your life becomes nothing but cupcakes and rainbows. But friends, that's not the Christian life. Read your New Testament. 
Read the entirety of the Bible and you will see that God's people suffer tribulation. That's part of it. Because we have a real adversary. Amen? You and I will experience battles. And so Joshua finds out very quickly as he steps out as Israel's leader. He barely has time to get his feet wet before he finds trouble. And he knows what's ahead of him, in front of him. But here's what Joshua discovers. That God is with him in the midst of it all. Is that encouraging to anybody today? Come on, you got to help me preach so I don't fall asleep this morning. Come on. I, I, I want to look at three parts of Joshua's life in relation to this battle that he's about to face. Because here's what I want to encourage you with. If you can recognize God's presence in your battle, if you can just kind of enjoy and relish in God's presence, even in the most darkest times of your life, Friends, you can leave here today encouraged no matter what's going on, no matter what circumstances may be a part of your life right now. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down to begin with. I want to look at Joshua's relationship with God. Joshua's relationship with God. If you go with me to Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8, it says this. Moses summoned Joshua And said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. What an encouragement. Joshua, you're going to be the next leader. Joshua, I'm calling to you to this. God's calling to you to this task. But God is going before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So as Joshua is commissioned here, he, here's what happens. He already knows where he stands with the Lord. Moses has already told him, Joshua, you've got a call on your life. Joshua, the Lord is going before you in everything that he calls you to do. And so here's what I know about Joshua. Joshua, yes, he was a proven warrior by this point as he moves into Canaan. But we know from Deuteronomy that not only is he a a, a proven, uh, I'm sorry, he's not only a proven warrior, but he is also a proven worshiper. Amen. We knew that Joshua was a warrior. But we can see clearly also in the scriptures that he is a worshiper. And here's what I want to bring to your attention. It is great to be a warrior. I love those who have that kind of warrior spirit. Kind of this tenacious spirit. The people who won't give up. People who will endure and keep fighting. But it does no good to be a worshiper. Or a, 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 excuse me, a warrior if you are not first a worshiper. Your labor is in vain. You've got to be willing to worship if you're going to be a warrior. Amen. So Joshua was a worshiper, not just a warrior. Don't wait till you get in the middle of a battle to find out where you stand with the Lord. So many people do this when when things aren't going bad in their lives, when when it's just kind of a numb season, an indifferent season, or a good season, what do they do? 
Man, everything's good. They don't pray. They don't read their Bible. They don't seek the Lord. But then all hell breaks loose in their life. And what happens? They're, they're frantic trying to get things together. Imagine that if you were leading, you, you, you know, um, some troop and, and you were in some kind of uh, battle. Imagine that if you just in, in the evening just decided to take off your helmet and any gear you were wearing and just put it aside. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden the, the enemy comes, maybe in the middle of the night, catches you in an unexpected manner. And all of the sudden, you're trying to frantically get your guns together, your ammunition. Put your helmet on, put your gear on, protect yourself. Friends, it's too late at that point. And I watch Christians do this all the time. I watch them wait until they get in the midst of a tough time and then begin crying out to God. Friends, you need to know where you stand with Him right now. You need to draw close to Him in the good times so that you'll be prepared for whatever's coming your way in the bad times. Amen? Don't wait till your destruction comes before you call upon the Lord. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. To all who call on Him in truth, He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. Joshua already knew where he was with the Lord. He already knew how to pray. He already knew how to worship. He knew how to trust God already. So I want to encourage somebody, abide in Jesus now, learn to pray now, learn to trust God now, be a man or woman of the word right now, walk in obedience to God now. Joshua has a close relationship with God before he even goes in to battle. Secondly, I want to look at Josh's revelation about God, his revelation about God, Joshua five thirteen. When he was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and behold, a man was standing before him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And this is an interesting answer to that question. And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And now I have come. Now, Joshua remembers taking in as he's, you know, watching, looking at, mapping out this kind of fortified sitting, knowing that it must be conquered if they are to take this promised land. And then he sees this man standing there with a drawn sword. Think about that. I love what the Bible says. It says that Joshua goes to him. This is somebody who's confident in their calling, someone who will not back down. Is there anybody here like that today? That no matter what comes your way, you're, you're determined. I'm not backing down. I love that Joshua doesn't cower in fear. He doesn't turn back from the situation. But here's the other thing. He also does not respond irrationally. Because some Christians that I know, the ones that are just a little bit crazy in them, they would draw their own sword and just without asking any questions, go take the head off of, of that person with a drawn sword. Right? Without asking any questions. But see, Joshua is a leader. And leaders don't assume things. 
Leaders do not assume things. Joshua goes to this man who is before him with his drawn sword. And he says, hey, who are you essentially? Who are you for? See, leaders ask questions. Leaders want to find out the truth. They don't try to take matters into their own hands. That's, that's a good, and listen, that, that's a good point for all of us because all of us in some sense are leaders. As Christians, we're called to some level of leadership. All right? So we, we've got to ask questions. We can't back down from tough situations, but we don't want to span, uh, respond irrationally either. Joshua asked this question. He says, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? I love this. In other words, are you on my team or the enemies? Joshua just wanted to know. Fair question, right? So that's what, in essence, he's asking. I just want to know whose team are you playing for? Good thing to know. But I love the response. The man simply replies, no. This is not a misquotation. The answer almost seems to make no sense because it's not a yes or no question. To understand this answer and have it make sense, you've got to know who Joshua is actually talking to. The man refers to himself as the commander of the army of the Lord. So now you may think at first glance that this is an angel. But I don't think that's correct because Joshua falls down and begins to worship. And we know that angels are not to be worshipped. What most scholars believe is that Joshua is having what's called a theophany or a revelation of God. And most scholars even would go as far to say that this is the pre-incarnate Christ. Which is amazing. Good thing Joshua asked some questions before just attacking, right? This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. And he responds with this question, no, listen to me, because God does not take sides. Don't miss this. He is teaching Joshua that the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. The battle belongs to the Lord. And if you do not get this, you will surely get frustrated throughout your life. People who think that God is supposed to be on their side will live in frustration because they'll try to misuse the Lord to want to make their wants, their dreams come true. But real followers of Jesus, listen, we put our agenda aside. We die to self and we are when we trust God. Here's what we do. We're joining his side. We're we're joining with the Lord. We're locking arms with him. There's no greater privilege. So in a sense, is he on our side? Yes, but only because we're on his side. Amen. We need to be about his agenda. See, today it's a real popular movement where Christians act like they are in the position of God. It frustrates me. They act like he's a genie in a bottle or some kind of cosmic bellhop here just to meet our demands and make our lives comfortable. That's not the Christian life. Read your Bible. That's not the Christian life. We are here to do the work of the Lord. Listen, when we're saved, we're to take our cross. We're to follow him. We're to be about God's work. There's no greater privilege. Listen, we ask God at times, I believe, to get in the battles. He never intended us to be in in the first place. You better watch where you go and what you start because you you need to get the Lord's direction first. 
Because it's not about getting God to join our endeavors. It's, it's us saying, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. And I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Amen. Because Joshua is about the Lord's business, God reminds him here that he's with him. So Joshua gets this incredible revelation of God. But here's what's interesting. God himself shows up in such a way, so unique to anything Joshua had ever experienced, that Joshua almost misses it. He almost misses it. See, Joshua knows the presence of God, doesn't he? He knows what it is to know God, but not in this way where God, in a sense, is standing before him with a drawn sword. See, sometimes God will move in ways that you and I do not expect. And we get in trouble when we put God in a box and we say, Lord, you have to move on Sunday morning during the hymn or during the praise song or at the end during altar call. We, we put God in a box and say, you have to move in this way. And when he doesn't, when he's moving in a different way through somebody else, listen, we often miss him because of traditionalism. We put on these traditional glasses and that's the lens or whatever our experience of God is growing up or whatever you were saved. That's tends to be the way that we see God moving. It's dangerous. If you think that's the only way that God can move, it's got to be the way it happened to you. You might miss God at times in your life when he's trying to speak to you. So Joshua in this day discovers that God reveals himself in different ways. You, some of you will remember this. A couple years ago, one of the most incredible experiences of my ministry happened right here on a Sunday morning, but not in the way that I expected. I was beyond frustrated. The church was not growing like I had imagined, had some issues going on. I was tired personally. I had no strength. I was doubting my call. I thought, Lord, I can't do this another day. And I remember before church just pleading with the Lord, God, just speak to me. Just let me know you're still with me. Let me know you've got a calling for me here. We weren't having to make room in the parking lot. We were trying to get people to, could you just park at our church to make it look like people are here? I was frustrated. I didn't see spiritual growth. I didn't see numerical growth. And I was doubting my call. I felt like a failure. We go through all the service and I didn't feel the presence of the Lord in my life. I didn't feel Him speak to me. Nobody gave a word in tongues and interpretation. Nobody gave a prophecy. Nothing like that happened that day. I'm getting ready to close service and in through those back doors walks a man off the street in tattered clothing. Found out later he was homeless. He had just come from the Salvation Army. And if I'm being transparent, I thought, oh, I don't have the energy for this today. He didn't come to church. I'm thinking he just wants something. And you know my heart. If you, so if, if you're new here and this sounds cold, this is not my normal frame of mind. I help everybody I can. People know this is a church where we do everything we can to help them. But this day, have you ever just been drained where you have nothing left to give anybody else? That's how I felt. I didn't want to talk to him because I knew he was going to give me a story so that we could, so he could get something. That was my frame of mind. He just wants something. He just wants something. 
And so I tried to send somebody in there to talk to him. And I said, Pastor, he'd like to talk to you. And I said, he would. I... So I almost, I almost didn't go. Deacons are just as incapable of handling him as I am. Blessing, give him something. I'll give you my checkbook. I just don't have the, just don't have the energy right now. But something compelled me just to go. And I sat down with him. And I was just waiting for him to hear or to tell me um, what he wanted. And he said, Pastor, could I sing you a song? And I said, can you sing me a song? Now, let me tell you how unspiritual I am. I'm thinking, man, this is going to be some like off-key, horrible song. And, and I'm a music guy, all right? I'm thinking, I don't want to, come on. I, I already had to sit through a service and I wasn't, and I even had to preach. I'm not feeling anything. I just want to go home and watch some basketball. Come on, somebody. I want to get on my couch and feel sorry for myself. But being the nice guy in my end, I, I am, I said, hey, sing me a song. And he sits down at the piano. And the first note, he sounded like an angel. Through many tears and sorrows, he begins to sing about the struggle. He sings this Andre Crouch song, Through It All. Through it all, through it all, I've, I know that I can trust in Jesus. I know I can trust in God. And then this, he goes into the second verse very angelically, and he, he begins to sing. I mean, this guy's voice, amazing, begins to move up and down the piano, and he says, I've, I, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for everything He's brought me through. And I begin to just weep right there. Hallelujah. I felt... The presence of God with the homeless man at a keyboard. That's not the way God's supposed to move. He's supposed to move through the preacher or the worship leader or at least an usher. He's supposed to move when you bring out the anointing oil and you get kind of crazy, you know, and, 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 and you're just in faith. You gotta, you gotta pray and seek the Lord. I didn't have a prayer in me that morning. So God sent me a homeless man off the street to sing me a song. Hallelujah. And I left that Sunday morning with a boldness. I said, son, listen, you have no idea what you've done for me today. I, I said, listen, I was ready to throw in the towel. I was ready to walk away. And, and you came at the, at the right moment, at the right time to show me that the battle is, is not mine. It's the Lord's. And he's sustaining me. And he's moving me from glory to glory. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. God will show up in unexpected ways. Friends, keep your eyes open. He's always encouraging you. He's always encouraging you, always looking for a way to nudge you on and let you know he's with you. But if you only think he can move on the Sunday morning during a sermon or during your favorite song, you may just miss him. I've got churches in other cities, this has never been an issue in this church, but I've got churches in other cities that I've seen closed down because they think that God can only move the way he did in 1942. And they don't realize sometimes that methods change, even though the, meth the message never changes. Well, if we don't sing these three songs, then God will not move. If we don't have communion at this time and do this at this time, and, and you, we just get into tradition, we all do it. Listen, I do it, if I'm being honest. 
Maybe God's wanting to do something new in your life. Amen? You never know when He will show up. Just keep your eyes open. I want to close with this. Praise team, you can come. Joshua's response. Look at verse 14. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet. For the place that you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This is what I felt at the keyboard. That day as this man off the street came in. I just felt. I don't think I removed my shoes. But I just felt the presence of God. Joshua didn't run from this experience. He fell down and he began to worship God. Joshua, friends, is a, war- is a warrior. Who's not ashamed to worship Lord, raise up warriors in this church who aren't afraid to worship. You might be facing a Jericho, some fortified, strong city this morning. Some some battle, some test, some tribulation. Don't wait till the battle is won to worship God. Worship Him now. Worship Him now. Just call upon the Lord. Ask Him for that encouragement today. He wants to encourage you. We serve an awesome God. We serve a kind God, a generous God. And He wants to encourage you. And listen, here's what I've learned in my many, many years as a Christian. I know many of you want God to take you around the battle. And I can't promise that He will do that. There are times He will. There are times He may take sickness from your body. There there are times He may take care of your situation at work. Marriage problems, financial problems, persecution, suffering. But there are times when the answer is not that easy. But here's the real promise. Through it all, He'll be with you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you have questions about our church, you can email us at info at myrealchurch.org. Real Life Community Church is located at 335 Glendon Avenue in Richmond, Kentucky. We invite you to join us for worship Sunday at 1045 a.m. or Wednesday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at myrealchurch.org.